Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Dow of the Day. This is Martin John, and I am happy to have you here with me for Dow of the Day. You know, last night I was talking to a friend of mine, and we read uh, number 75 together um, just because he was talking about how his uh, someone in his life was taxing him. And we were talking heavily about the difference between people in your life that tax you versus people who invest in your life. You know, and this is, this is a, uh, a theme that I've been really kind of focused on recently, this idea that like, oh, the universe invested all of this energy into giving me life. Right. I mean, we could I mean, we could talk about my mom and my dad, but like before that, there was an investment in their parents and an investment in their parents and an investment da, 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 all the way down the line until, you know, we recognize that, like, yes, we have been invested, like energy has been invested in giving us life. And when we recognize that our life has been invested in and we take that investment seriously. And we say, hey, there needs to be some return on investment. That doesn't mean we have to make a living and earn money because the state doesn't really invest in our lives. But when we take care of ourselves and we love ourselves and when we listen to the boundaries that our bodies and our minds tell us to create and when we, when we surrender and once again, I know I was talking to Ramaria once, and you know, like there's a big difference between submit and surrender. When you submit to abuse or when you submit to something, that's very different than when you surrender to something. When you surrender to something, you know, you can surrender to it happening and still walk away. But you don't submit to being abused, right? You can surrender to the fact that this person will abuse you and Thus, that being a tax on your life, that being a tax on your body, maybe even, that being a tax on your energy. So you are being taxed by that person. Um, there may be people who both invest and tax you. Um, that's probably most of our relationships, right? There are a little investment, there's a little taxing, but there's, there are thresholds there where it's like, oh, you know what? I am now being taxed more than they're investing in me. Now, we also have to be investors, right? We want to invest in others and we want to invest in, in, in other people in doing what they want. And we have to recognize that what we want and what they want are going to be different things. And so we don't want to tell them what to do or how to do it. Uh, and this is where we start really kind of focusing on what it means to live a reasonable life. When you're living a reasonable life, you're not asking other people to change. You're not telling them that you, they should do things your way. You're simply allowing them to be who they are. You're allowing them to act as they do and, and accomplish what they want and, and all of these sorts of things. And so it's not about you telling them or you controlling. The moment you want to control, then you're taxing other people. You know, um, even with your children, are you investing in them more than you are taxing them? Can you see where you tax them? Now, if I say, hey, can you see where you tax your children? And you say, yes, but I invest da, 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 all of my time, all of this, all of that. Ah, bah, bah, bah. Well, 
that's judgment, right? You're, you're judging yourself, you're judging your actions, you're trying to prove that you're right, all of these sorts of things. And really what you wanna do is just be aware of whether or not you tax or invest. Um, and if you can be aware of where you're taxing another person, maybe you can relieve some of that tax that you put on them. And, you know, the, the, the people that were taxing my friend, you know, like they're, they're part of his family. And so that's a really difficult thing to, to, to manage, but I'm going to read number 75 really briefly. We're just going to touch, touch on this really briefly. And then I'll pick a number, um, unless you have a number you want to pick between one and 81. And I would love to have you, um, come up and chat with me about the Tao. So I'm going to read number 75, which is there needs to be a purpose. Now I read this not long ago and I forget who asked for it. It may have been, um, Lois, um, I believe, uh, but people are starved for purpose. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk through this and not just read it straight through. Um, I'm going to break it down right away. Um, just because uh, sometimes it's easiest just to talk what the first thing that comes through. People are starved for purpose because everything they do is taxed. So just starting here, people are starved for purpose because everything they do is taxed. That means when you try to do something that may be your purpose, it's going to get taxed. And it's going to get taxed in many different ways. If you are starved for purpose and trying to get to your purpose, you may have to quit your job. Quitting your job is taxing you because in your mind, a job is the way to have regular income, safety, security, insurance these days, all sorts of things, right? Like, like everything that you do that is outside of what is expected of you is going to be taxed. So if you want to be an artist, if you want to be a singer, if you want to be a philosopher, I don't know, whatever it is you want to be, anytime you start to move towards that which gives you purpose, and if that purpose is outside of the confines of our consumer culture, you are going to be taxed. That being so, why would anybody venture to do anything? And so what that is saying, why would you try and do anything? It's just like, why would you get a job? Why would you follow your purpose? Why would you do any of it? Because if you're going to be taxed on everything that you do, everything that, that is within your purpose, why would, you, why would you venture to do it? You're just going to be taxed. And, you know, if you look at your life and look at where you tax others, it's a really, it, that's a, that's an important practice because we don't want to be taxing people. We don't want to be taxing, especially the people that we love. We don't want to be like, you know what? You're looking for your purpose and I'm going to tax you. Why am I going to tax you? Because you're looking for your purpose and you're not benefiting me all of a sudden. But it's like, wait a minute, that's their purpose. Is, am I more important than the purpose of another human being? And so what it says, that being so, why would anybody venture to do anything? In a world as we are creating, why do people do anything? By being intrusive, you know, by taxing and taxing what people's purposes are. By being intrusive, governments corral their people, forcing 
excuse me, I didn't sleep really well last night, forcing them to make a living instead of simply living. If you were able to just simply live, you would find your purpose. But no, alas, you have to make a living. I remember the first time I, I, I did my taxes and I ran across the idea that like, oh, my art practice is literally in the eyes of the government a hobby. And I was so confused because I was like, no, like I don't see it as a hobby. So how can you see it as like, like I was like, oh, you know, with, with all of these things that I learned in my life about like being able to define things for yourself, I was like, no, you have to go make a living. And, and if you don't do that, then we're going to, you know, put you in jail or whatever, right? Like you're going to have this experience of having to pay your taxes one way or another or whatever it was. So forcing them to make a living instead of simply living. And if you simply live, then you follow your purpose and you do all these things and it's all good. But if the, the society is set up that you are going to be taxed if you try and do that. People have no purpose when their purpose is appointed, i.e. making a living, right? Like before you are even of age, everyone is striving to get you to know what needs to be known so that you can have a job. And it's like, well, maybe that's not what we need, right? I, I even think that scientists are going to go the way of like the garbage man, meaning that your job is to collect data that you feed into a hopper. And that's going to be AI and AI will figure everything out for us so that we don't have to. Right. I think that, that that's how we are sort of for framing, you know, the job market in the future is like even even scientists won't won't be able because they're just guessing where AI is looking at all the data then and humans can't look at all the data. Right. Because we, we're we're limited to our ability to understand our, our time, all of these things, right? Reading and stuff. So people have no purpose when their purpose is appointed, and we're going to be appointing purpose for everybody soon. Right? Well, I guess we're already doing that. Without purpose, why would they want to live? Right? That's a good question. If you don't have purpose, why would you want to live? And that's the thing. All of us that want to live, we do have purpose, and we're trying to get at it. But it gets frustrating because we're constantly being taxed along the way. The last, this kind of wraps up. All of this is intrusive meddling. It robs people of their lives and lines the pockets of those in authority. In one way or another, it benefits other people for us to not be um, following our own purpose. Because it's like, oh, well, when we can package you, when we can make sure that you're contributing in a way that's profitable for me, then I'm good. You know, but if that's not your purpose, then... Why would you want to live? Why would you want to do this? You know, and I, and I think we're coming to a time where, you know, the last 50 years or so, um, we've had a really high threshold for pain. And I think we've passed that threshold now quite a bit. Um, I've had, I've pa I passed that threshold a long time ago, but I think more and more people are passing that threshold of like pleasure pain. Um, and, um, and that's really what, um, what we're experiencing now, just that, that, that deep pain from 
being who we haven't been for so long. So I'm going to read number 34. That's my Tao for today. Tao is in everything. Um, and because this is mine, I'm just going to go ahead and do like I did the last time. And, and when I think of something, I'll just talk about it. Um, I won't necessarily read the the whole thing in the beginning, but I will read the whole thing at the end. So if you stick around to the end, you'll you'll be able to hear the whole thing read straight through. But we'll just stop in the middle here and there, and we'll and we'll talk about what it says. Tao flows in every direction and is received by all things, regardless of their awareness. Okay. So that's saying, regardless of how aware you are, you are receiving Tao and it's flowing through you at this moment, right now. You don't have to be aware of it. It's happening. Okay. That's a fact, right? That's where we start. We start with this fact. Tao flows in every direction and is received by all things, regardless of their awareness. I mean, it's not saying it's received by all things sometimes. It's not saying it's received by all things Usually, it's saying it's received by all things always, right? Regardless of their awareness. So you do not have to be aware of Tao and it is flowing through you, you know? And that's the thing. That's that's where religion separates from Tao, right? Because religion says, well, in order for you to get to heaven, you have to do these things. So you have to be aware of it in order for it to flow through you. Otherwise, you're not getting, you know, and and that's not true, right? If 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 there is a God, and if the God is this like short form God, which is in my mind the short form God is He is love, right? And that's it. And if that's the case, you don't have to be aware that that love is being sent to you in order for you to receive it, right? And so like that's where some things start to start to separate here between religion and the philosophy of what Tao is talking about. So. That's a fact. Tao flows in every direction, received by all things, regardless of their awareness. Then it continues. Beings are born from it, yet it doesn't create them. Its work is every action taken, providing for everything, yet it makes no claim. So there's two sentences here. One says beings are born from it, yet it doesn't create them. And then its work is, is every action taken. Its work, Tao's work is every action taken. Every action taken, all actions that are taken ever. That's the work of Tao. Yet Tao isn't the thing that's creating. Tao, I mean, what this is essentially saying is Tao inspires the action through people. Right, so beings are born from it. Those beings, all beings, animals, like weather, all beings or planets, anything that has a soul. And I would say that, you know, like a planet does have a soul and you can feel it. You know, it, it, it is born from Tao, yet it doesn't create them. It was created by the Big Bang and the Big Bang was inspired or whatever, right? Like however we want to look at that. Its work is every action taken. Every action you take is the work of Tao, not yours. It's not yours. You're just here to observe it. You're here to live it. You're here to experience it so that you can continue to contribute to Tao, to the consciousness of all things, of all beings. Providing for everything, yet it makes no claim. 
So it provides for you so that you can take action. It provides inspiration. It provides food. It provides love. It provides everything that you need. And it makes no claim. It's not saying it's done it. Because you're getting that through your job. You're getting that through your inspiration. You're getting that through having enough sleep. You're getting that through love. All of the things. You're getting all of this happening to you. And you're getting all of this happening because of you. And you're doing things. And it's all there. And why? Because it's not taking a claim. So anybody can make a claim. Yet it's not them, right? Like you can say, I did this. But it's not you. It's Dow, And Dow isn't going to say it did it. Because that's not its work. Its work is every action ever taken. It provides for everything yet makes no claim. It's not trying to say, hey, give me credit. You know, once again, that's where we, that's where we separate from quote unquote religion, right? Because so much has to be, so much credit has to be given to the, the, you know, the deities within religion. You know, this is another separation. It's like, you have to give credit where credit is due, right? But Dow didn't care. Dow's like, yeah, I did this, whatever. NBD. Like, I made you, and I inspired you to do all of this stuff, and yet I don't have to make a claim. It's not for me to make a claim on you and your actions. Your actions are my work. It's so beautiful, right? And it's like you can take, you can take credit for it, and it doesn't care. Like, that is, you taking credit for it is actually coming from Dow also. Right? You taking credit for the work that you do in your life, the ideas that you have, and all of that, that is Tao. That's the work of Tao. Why? Because those are actions. Those are actions that are happening. So you get to take credit for things, and you get to experience that, and then you get to grow out of that and realize it's not you at all. Being at the root of all things, it is hidden within action. Oh, what a beautiful line, right? Being at the root of all things, it is hidden within action. All of the action that you take, everything that you think, everything that you say, everything that you do, all your movements, everything. Tao is hidden within each and every one of those things. With you believing that you're the one doing it. It has no motive, no desire. This is Tao now. Tao has no motive, no desire. It promotes the greatness of beings. Thus, its greatness is humble and pure. You know, like, that's so beautiful, right? Like, here we are, like, what I do. And I was on my walk this morning, and I was, you know, I was, I was triggered by a couple things. I was going through all this stuff. And why am I triggered by it? I'm triggered by it so that I can learn a lesson. And that I, then, then I can take that lesson and I can grow, Right? And it's promoting the greatness of me. And then I get to feel that greatness. And then in that, it stays humble. Tao stays humble and ultimately inspiring me to be humble. Right? So then I get to step away from my, um, my own ego. I get to step away from my story about how the world is, you know, wrong to me or whatever it is. You know, whatever I'm being triggered for. So that's, that's my 34 today. If anybody has a number between 1 and 81, step up. I would love to chat with you. I am going to sign off, but I am always willing to take somebody at the last minute. We do have Felicia. I saw you loving on some of the stuff that I, that I was talking about earlier. It would be great to have you pick a number. How are you, dear? 
I am good. I'm good. 53 is my number, but when you were speaking, it was like I was on my walk this morning and I was experiencing life going through me. Yeah. Just going through me. And then I go, oh, a plum tree. I want a plum. Right? Yeah. Then, then all of a sudden, the, the a memory pops up and says, you better not take that plum because a lady put her ar- hands in my in my arm when I was a real young girl for taking a plum off a tree. And I go, man, that shit. He says, that's life going through you. You have some resistance yeah. here. And I just want to say, hey, let's give this up. Let's give this memory up. Right. Let's give that up because everything is an ask. He says, I bet you if you knock on the door and ask them for a plum, then they would just say, oh, yeah, take as many as you want, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's on the front yard, right? Right. You know, and so it was just interesting how I was noticing, because he just said, get up, come walk with me. You know, that's mm-hmm. that. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, and, and the great thing, <laughs> one of the great things about Dow is it doesn't always, it, it presents you with an opportunity to bring awareness. Yes. It doesn't tell you how to define that which you are aware of. Right. It doesn't tell you how to deal with that which you're aware of. You're going to do that. But all of that is still inspired through Tao. And so the thought of taking a plum was inspired by Tao so that you can bring up the memory that was yeah. once again inspired by Tao so that you can um, see that... Is this some, is this thing that you're holding on to an investment or a tax? And it's mm. like it's a tax. And it's like, you know what? I'm gonna invest. Yeah. I'm gonna make Absolutely. this memory an investment. Exactly. I'm gonna make it an ask. Yes. <laughs> because then you start hearing knock, seek, knock, ask, everything. You know, it just I don't know, it just it was just going through me and I thought I was going, wow. Wow, who who even thought about that memory? Who and that's the that right. Who and even that's the thing. <laughs> Just stepping back, not 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 allowing yourself to like be your identity in that moment, but just to allow yourself to be in that space of um, be in that space of observing. Let's yeah. observe, Felicia, at this moment. What yeah. is going on? Wow, yes. what a beautiful experience. Yes, and then he's like, it was low cloud. And I was like, oh, I've never taken a walk on low cloud day, yeah. you know, where I'm just walking in the mist, you know. And it was just like, oh, wow, this is cool. Because the first word I heard was B. Yeah. And then I heard key. Then I said, heard walk with me. And I'm like, I'm up, I'm in my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> is titled Tao is easy. There is nothing simpler than to walk the way of Tao. The only thing, the only thing you'd fear is getting sidetracked. And yet many people think there is an easier way. They pacify them with passion, with possessions and entertainment, distracting themselves, even Sorry. 
They pacify themselves with possessions and entertainment, distracting themselves enough to never see their bankrupt lives. They continue to acquire and convince others to join them in struggle. Everyone eating and drinking, yet consumed by starvation and thirst. Excess is a thief, and the victim is the true self. This is not easy. This is not doubt. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and read that again because I was hearing some things and I, and I, do it, and I do got it again. Do it again. Yeah. I was, I had some background noise. Yeah. And, I want to, that wanna, was a little I distracting. Wanna so I want to, I want to try it again. There yeah. is nothing simpler than to walk the way of Tao. The only thing you'd fear is getting sidetracked. And yet many people think there is an easier way. They pacify themselves with possessions and entertainment, distracting themselves enough to never see their bankrupt lives. They continue to acquire and convince others to join them in struggle, everyone eating and drinking, yet consumed by starvation and thirst. Excess is a thief, and the victim is the true self. This is not easy. This is not Tao. Amazing. 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 And I receive this Tao as it is said, because it is interesting because I was got I was getting a cup of water, you know, taking my my, my medication and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he says, and I hear even the smallest cup of water can meet a need. You yes. Know? It's just like this is Tao. I you know, <laughs> I asked what I was grateful for. I go, I'm grateful that I can hear you talking to me. Mm. I'm just grateful that my ears are open, my inner sanctum is open. Yes. You know, and like you said, excess. It just hides it just hides emptiness. That's right. You know, and and, and it's it's interesting how this how this this verse is structured because it starts with this like, hey, I'm gonna let you know. Nothing easier than to walk the way of Tao. You just get up and you do it. And yet, and yet people think there's some, there's an easier way. People think there's an easier way. And they get in their head and then they try and get, get their stuff. They try and be entertained. They try and distract themselves. And, and I love this line, distracting themselves enough to never see their bankrupt lives. You know, you just, you just look away, look away. You know, just like you, you had said, it's like, you know, this is enough. And yet all I'm doing is, is, is trying to not look at how bankrupt I am. Right. 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 Man, we just we got all these resistance. All this resistance. Yeah. Trying to protect ourselves. Trying to protect ourselves from, from, you know, and it's so hard sometimes, you know, and and we've all experienced this where it's hard to hear the truth. Yes. Yes. (sighs) This, this piece continues. They continue to acquire Mm -hmm. and convince others to join them in struggle. Everybody who is here, like buying all their stuff, going into the consumer mind of like, 
as, as long as I can keep buying, I don't have to think about my life. As long as I can keep consuming social media, I don't have to think about my life. And people telling each other, well, you can't, you can't make it in the world unless you do it in social media. And it's like, wait a minute, that's your struggle. You don't have to bring me into that. I don't have to believe that I can do it. However, I'm going to do it. Maybe I'm going to do it using social media, but I don't have to force myself into it. And that's what this line says. They continue to acquire maybe fame, maybe followers, maybe businesses, maybe whatever, and convince others to join them in struggle. As they acquire, they go, look at all I've acquired. And they use all of that which they've acquired to convince other people that struggling for the acquisition of stuff, whatever that stuff is, is worthwhile. Mm. Mm. I love it. I love it. Every, and then it says, everyone eating and drinking, yet consumed by starvation and thirst. They've, they've acquired, they convinced others to join. Now everybody they know is eating and drinking and still starving and thirsty. This is what we talk about when we say hungry ghosts. That's right. You know, the That's things right. that you get addicted to and you just keep feeding them and feeding them and feeding them and it's never enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to myself, I said, uh, it, it was inspired. And God goes, um, I don't know if you can hear me because I'm in this building now. But um, he just says, he says, thirst. He says, he says that, I said, one word, just one word from Tao changes the whole topography of my mind, the whole topography of my life. Just one word. I've noticed I have lived my life where one word such as mood has changed the entire topography of my life from the moment that the word was spoken to the received to the action and the doing of it was an ease and it wasn't hard and it wasn't a struggle it was it was just breathe in yeah. it was accepted as breath as life as gift it quenched my thirst one mm. word yeah one word i love you i gotta get you this um uh, Thank you, so you go ahead. I'm going to finish just these last two, two lines. You keep listening and I'll talk to you later. Love. All right. Excess is a thief and the victim is the true self. This is not easy. This is not Tao. When you are, when you are attracted to excess, when you are attracted to consuming, when you are attracted to distraction, when you are attracted to possessions and entertainment, when you keep filling your life with all of these things, the victim is the true self because you don't get to see the true self. The true self gets lost. This is not easy. This is not down. Hello, ma'am. Hello, sir. I love it. How do I pray? Praise. Is it praise? I, I thought it might be, but I wasn't sure, so I wanted to ask. This is praise. It does, sir. How are you? Are, are, are you familiar with Tao of the Day? Um, I am I'm loving what I'm hearing. Okay. 
So Dow of the Day, um, just as a, as a brief, is a show that I do where uh, my guests get 15 minutes and we, and we talk about the Dow De Ching. So we start by you picking a number between 1 and 81, and then we find your Dow for the day. And then we read through it and then we'll go through it line by line or we'll talk about some certain aspect that is uh, resonating with you at this moment. Yes, sir. Uh, do I get to pick one? Yes, sir. Uh, I'll pick a big seven. Number seven. So number seven is entitled The Wisdom of Not Having Preference. And it reads, Tao is infinite. It doesn't grow old or tired. Because it has no preference for itself, it can always persist. The master puts herself last and always finds herself first. By being detached from preference, she can give herself to what is and find fulfillment there. Okay, so do you have any initial thoughts on that? Wow. I love this. Um, my initial thoughts, I've been, I was talking about this in another room, but I've, I'm a big proponent of this idea of good pain instead of just thinking about it as hard work because I always think hard work is vague. Um, it's just vague in that it doesn't give us the right amount to to do that hard work without, without um Maybe if it was working out, injuring ourselves or something like that. But good pain, it, it implies uh, intrinsically that it has to be good. You have to have a good goal, but it's going to require suffering of sorts. It's kind of like the stoic ideas. Um, there's an obstacle, but going through the obstacle, you get to, you get to, to the results that you're looking for. So no preference and having no preference and actually having to, I was thinking about this the idea of real wealth and, and joy in order to be happy, in order to be exalted, you have to, you have to humble yourself. So to get to joy, you have to go through this pain. So there's this, uh, it's kind of a dilemma in my head of to get well, to this Well, and part. I think, well, yeah. we'll see. So, so we'll, let me start with, you're, you're utilizing words like good and pain and um, uh, uh, to be exalted or um, what else did you say? To, like uh, struggle, whatever. All of the words that you're using um, tend to have preference, mm -hmm. right? When we say something is good, that, that could be, we could look at that as being like, well, we prefer something good. Right. And so, so stepping away from this dualistic sort of understanding, and that's, you know, like, like, uh, you mentioned stoicism and stoicism is, you know, tends toward the non-dual, um, where it doesn't make a preference, right? Where it doesn't say like, I want something good to happen and like pain or struggle, whatever, like defining that even further. Right. Where you say, okay, there's pain, pain hurts. Well, we're going to, we're going to make a subcategory of good pain, but really instead of, instead of drilling it down, you want to step back and you want to say, well, it's not pain at all. It is just what I'm experiencing. 
Wow. <laughs> right. So, so, so our pain is equivalent to our joy. It's the same thing. It's on the same scale. And we step back and we don't judge it. We, we don't put a preference on it. And, and in not defining it, what it's saying is we will not grow old and tired, right? So that's where this starts, right? Like, so if we start to go through this line by line, what we say is Tao is infinite. You are finite. Why are you finite? You have preference. Like, that's what this is saying. It says Tao is infinite. It doesn't grow old or tired. Tao is constant. Tao is good. Like, Tao doesn't need you, right? Because it has no preference for itself. It can always persist. The moment you have a preference, the moment you say one thing is good and one thing is bad, and I prefer the good over the bad or whatever, whatever that is, the pain, the joy over the pain or whatever it is. Once you have a preference, you will start to grow old and tired. The reason is, is once you have a preference, you will attract its opposite. Okay, so what would it have explained as the as a role of preference in our lives. The Tao is not going to explain the role of preference in your lives. You do that. Okay. And you choose to have preference. Right. Um, now we have built a society that focuses on preference and focuses on measuring right? And you're either on the good side or the bad side or the right side or the wrong side or the upside or the downside or whatever, right? And the left side and the right side. And that's all dual, right? That's all dualistic. And the Tao Te Ching, although it was written, you know, almost 3,000 years ago, um, is one of the first non-dual texts, right? And so when we start talking about non-dual, we mean there are not two things. There's one thing. There are not two things in anything, right? There is no, there is no plant and there is no man. They are just, they are the same and they are Tao. They are, they are, they are of the same thing. And it's not, it's not like, oh, well, this is one thing and this is another. You know, the Tao Te Ching starts, I don't know how familiar you are with the Tao in general, but the Tao Te Ching starts by saying in the first verse of the Tao, it says, hey, words can't express what Tao is. So when you talk about the idea of having this paradox in your mind, well, that's because you're trying to use words to explain something that's not explainable. And that's Tao. That's you. That's me. That's the connection that we've had forever before we ever came here together for the first time. Wow. Hmm. So, okay, so my, how would you suggest that I think of, I think of... First of all, don't think. That's, that's, that's the first <laughs> okay. So stop, stop thinking. So one of the lines in the Tao, it literally is stop thinking and end your problem. Mm. So, so when you start a question, how would, would you suggest I think? And I would say, well, don't think first, if, if, if you can do that. So continue your question, and I'll see if I can. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, but I don't think. Okay. I still okay. So I still have. Hmm. You still want to understand it, 
Yeah. So See, that's, the, that's, uh-huh. that, that, that means, like, yeah. and I'm not trying to say stop trying to understand it. Yeah. But, but you are going to have to learn to surrender. And your desire to know, so is literally a disease. Well, why? Right. So your desire to know, and, and that's how, that's, that's, that's literally how the Tao expresses it. It's like, like you are, you, 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 you are not aware of this moment because you're thinking of other moments. You can't be here present with me right now because you are too busy thinking about your identity and thinking about all that you are and thinking about all the places you've been and all the things that you know. And so you are unable to be present. And so, and you think you know something and that once you think you know something, you're ill because you don't know. You only know what has happened. You don't know what is because you can't be present to this moment. And you can't be present to this moment because every moment of your life has been built off of the last moment. And so just like AI, you are taking what you know and inferring this moment rather than being in this moment and experiencing this moment as it is. This is what the, this next part of number seven says. The master puts herself last and always finds herself first. She lets everybody just do what they do. She doesn't have to control it. She doesn't have to, to dictate what they do. You know, she has plans, right? Like all the people that have plans going into it. And then all of a sudden, here's the master. And the master says, no, I'm not going to go in there with any preconceived ideas. I'm going to be still and I'm going to observe. By being detached from preference, she can give herself to what is, what is in this moment and find fulfillment there, no matter what it is, even if this moment includes her death. So no dictating, no presuming, no guessing. Be here in this moment. Without the idea that today is an extension of yesterday, because it's not. Today is today. Okay. Where do the, where do the, so we constantly hear people talking about, oh, you got to learn from yesterday. You got to learn from, you got to learn from your mistakes and from your past and all that. Um, how, how do you do that if you're trying to, Stay in the moment at the same time. How do you? Well, you have to be aware of you in this moment. Yes, those things are going to contribute. But if you if you are still and you are aware of your body, and this takes years. This isn't something that you can just be like, oh, I get it. You know, you've been talking to me for, you know, 12 minutes. And you're all <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. so, but. But the thing is, is yes, you can learn from the past, but you also have to recognize that you're the one learning and you're faulty. What, what did you actually learn? Because here's the thing, you know, like when we're children, we have no frame of reference. And what we learn is when we, you know, when we don't, when we shit in our pants 
we should be punished for that right when we cry and you know in a in a restaurant we should be quieted when we do all these things and so with no frame of reference we start to realize the world around us is all about reward and punishment well when we start to live our lives with that in mind and just like you're saying it's like how do we know to be better people well it's not because of reward and punishment but you believe that that's the case and because you believe that that's the case and that hurts your soul, you get frustrated when other people don't align with that same message. But those other people, they have their life to live and you, you don't matter to them, just like they shouldn't matter to you. But we live our lives as if we know. Mm, cure yourself of knowing and be here and be present and the answer will show it to show it to you it always has but you have decided under the influence of other people to go against your better judgment usually you say this is the right thing to do rather than actually listening to the subtle energy that's happening in your body that's guiding you to what actually to do because you have the answer but you doubt yourself who would doubt themselves if not somebody that doesn't believe that that is that has put their faith in something else? You have hmm. the answer. You can come back up. You're going to get cut off now, but you can come back up if you'd like. Um, I know this is this is this. I mean, if the Tao is new to you, and if non-dual sort of um, stuff is new, then these things can be difficult. Uh, it can be difficult to um, to kind of really grasp what this is talking about and what we're what we're addressing here. But you know, and and the question I, I'd like to just add that the question, how do we know we're doing the right thing, isn't asked by somebody who um, trusts in God or trusts in Tao or whatever, because how would you not know you're doing the right thing? <laughs> like what? Why would you do the wrong thing? Like everything you do is the right thing. Why? You know, like that's why it says here, she gives herself to what is. So if you say something and you upset somebody, you give yourself to the fact that you upset them. That's okay. It's not wrong to upset somebody. It's not wrong to say the wrong thing. It's not wrong to hurt somebody. It's not wrong to do these things right like wrong in and of itself is a dual idea right there is a right and there's a wrong so you know you, you have to realize there is no wrong and there is no right and you are here and this isn't just about like lip service to like you know this non-dual kind of concept it's it's true and and when and we carry this right and wrong because we live in this society. I'm not trying to, you know, like start an, an argument or anything around like, cause you can come up with, you know, a dozen questions and, and, and all that. And that just, you know, wastes everybody's time and energy. But, but really it's like, can you surrender? You know, can you surrender to you? And what you would be surrendering is the influence of your parents and the influence of society and the influence of the market and the influence of economics and the influence of education. All of those things you're living under the influence of right now, just as if you were on crack. 
how can I trust myself to to have a... how can you <laughs> aren't you aren't I mean aren't I mean I don't know what your beliefs are but aren't aren't you great yeah um don't you don't you have consciousness don't you I mean aren't you aren't you in touch with the thing that is greater than the sum of your parts yes sir I I guess I would need an answer towards um like I think that I am I, I trust myself in that I, I you know I have abilities and, and I think that true there's a high form of ourselves that that would help us make these decisions better subconsciously without even thinking about it but I think that at the same time I'm also aware that I am weak and I have moments where uh, you know these obstacles get the best of me and so how can I trust myself um, entirely that I will be able to take care of the situations when they come up? Well, first off, well, why are you judging these things that you say obstacles and whatever? Like, wh why, why are you judging yourself for doing that? Maybe that's exactly what you need to be doing. Oh, wait, maybe you don't like that you do those things. So, you know, here's the thing that I talk to people about, right? This idea that, like, you know, everybody likes an Oreo cookie, right? Oreo cookies are designed to be liked. But if you can ask yourself, do I like that I'm doing this? Do I like that I'm eating this? Do I like that I'm engaging in this? And then when you recognize, no, actually, I don't like that I'm doing this. Well, just that awareness in and of itself will solve your problems in time. Another thing I tell people is like, hell, you're going to do it until you don't. Do you want to not do it and yet are still inclined to do it? Well, then the want to not do it will eventually come in as long as you don't judge yourself. Judgment is the thing that stagnates energy. Judgment is the thing that you believe is doubt in yourself. But you don't have doubt for yourself. You know you're here. You're alive. You're the one living this. You're the one creating this. Every perception of yours is you. Everything you see is you. So you're going to have to surrender to you at some point. And, you know, you're going to also have to surrender to what you're doing. So if you're doing something you don't want to do, let's say you're addicted to alcohol. Like I have 22 and a half years clean and sober. And so like I can talk about, you know, I talk about addiction awesome. and stuff a lot. So, you know, a big part of addiction is like, what is it you're recovering to? You're recovering to yourself because you have been under the influence. First, you started, you're under the influence of your parents. No frame of reference. You come out in the world, you live in this world of reward punishment. You start getting through that. You start and then you have to build relationships. How are your relationships built? Who are these people that are that you're building relationships with? And then you get your logic. And you get your logic mind. Your logic usually says, I'm worthless. I don't I I can't do anything. I can think about stuff, but I don't have value. And the relationships that I've had are are worthless and, and nobody loves me. Dot 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 leading one to addiction. These sorts of patterns are common. And um if you find yourself addicted because the logic mind can't justify your purpose, um, 
you end up, uh, you know, living under the influence of that as well. So here's all of these influences you picked up along the way. And then because you don't want to live under those influences, because you have faith and love for yourself that you haven't been able to um, uh, propagate, you haven't been able to really grow, then you find yourself like escaping. Well, then eventually you're going to be like, okay, well, I don't like that I do that. And I'm going to do it until I don't. All right, great. I don't like that I do that. Let's add some awareness. I'm going to do it until I don't. Let's stop judgment. Um, and maybe we don't take it so heavily, right? Maybe we, we, we take this one step at a time. We say, okay, well, there I go. I, I did that thing. I don't like I did it. I don't like to do. I did it again. And it's like, all right, well, let's start over tomorrow. Rather than put, putting off starting over, let's try again tomorrow. I don't like that I do that. I can continue doing it because I'm, I am going to do it until I don't. But then I can start asking myself, is today, that, is today the day I don't do it? Is today the day I don't drink? Is today the day I don't smoke? And then you can look at the, the product and, or you can look at the vice and you can say, nope, today's the, I'm still doing it today. Okay, no big deal. You've done it this long. You don't have to stop today. But eventually you're going to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm really kind of sick of this because it doesn't have a hold on you. Why? Because you're not judging yourself. So you don't have a preference anymore. You don't have a preference of stopping and you don't have a preference of using. And so all of a sudden your preference is gone and you no longer get tired. You no longer get tired of fighting. You no longer get tired of using. You no longer get tired of all of it. You just start to trust yourself. And that's what this Tao says. That's what this number says. Tao is infinite. It doesn't grow old or tired. Because it has no preference for itself, it will always persist. But for you, you have preference. You should be a certain kind of person. You should do these things. You should stop doing these things. You should. And then you should all over yourself. And in doing that you're, is judgment. At the end of all of that is judgment. And all you're doing is judging who you actually are at this moment. And this is where that last line comes from. She gives herself to what is and finds fulfillment there. Here, you are possibly in the state of a transition. And that transition is important for you to actually experience. Meaning that you need to experience not liking what you're doing. I didn't like, you know, like the last thing I quit was smoking. And like, I didn't like that I smoked. I didn't like that I smoked for over a year before I actually quit. But I had to be like, well, I'm going to do it until I don't. And I wasn't going to force myself to quit, but I quit. And it wasn't, didn't make it any easier, but it wasn't something I had to force on myself. You know, because everything else is judgment. It happens. It happens through me. It'll happen through you. Because you are going to do it until you don't. And there is a possibility that you will die before the moment that you won't. But if you ask yourself regularly, is today the day I don't? Then at least it's in your awareness and you're being honest. And that's how you can trust yourself. And I'm willing to bet if you put those things into practice, you'll probably quit 
if if you're struggling with something like addiction or whatever, you'll probably be well on your way in three months. I think that is incredible. Not only incredible, I think that even I was not, it's just not an addiction to a thing only. It's just addiction to a thought pattern as well. Um, yeah, same thing. You're, you're, gonna, you're gonna have those yeah. thoughts until you don't. Yeah. You know, just don't judge them because the judgment will stagnate energy and you will crawl into it rather than allowing yourself to stay out of it and just observe it and just be like, oh, look at what I'm doing again. Pfft, look at that. <laughs> and it's like, that's cute. Look at me go. Yeah. Right. Is, is today the day I stop? And then one day you're going to be like, yeah, let's just, this is just too tiring because that's what happens. It gets tiring. And as this line, as this number seven states, doubt is infinite. It doesn't grow old or tired. And every time you get into that pattern, my guess is you get tired. Wow. Thank you so much, sir. You just blew my mind for <laughs> I have so much to think about. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for joining me for this. I appreciate it. My and, pleasure. Uh, number seven. Number seven is a good one for you. Hold on to it. Will do. Have a good right. day, sir. Thank you, Price. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me for Dow of the Day. That was a nice little chat we had with uh, with Praise and number seven. I, um, I appreciate you coming up and trusting me with all of that. Um, and yeah. I feel like I talked a lot, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and end it here. Thank you so much for joining me for Dow of the Day, and until next time, keep recovering yourself.